You're listening to the Mediatrix Wellness Podcast, a show for women wanting to take charge of their healing, health, and fertility. I'm Clara Bailey, a naturopath, herbalist, and natural fertility educator based in Australia. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you what I've learned professionally and personally about aligning life to the ebbs and flows of the menstrual cycle, establishing a strong knowledge base to manage your health and fertility independently. If you'd like to learn more, I create cycle awareness resources for my newsletter community, which you can subscribe to over at clarabailey.com. Now let's jump into today's episode. 2020 has been a year of change, challenges, and pushing many of us to our limits. Us humans don't do so well with rapid change, social isolation, and far-reaching uncertainty all rolled into one. I've had many, many conversations with loved ones, colleagues, and clients about how our mental health is being tested like never before. My husband Orlando is a trauma psychologist on the front lines, so our household hasn't been short of stories of how trying these circumstances have been as a collective. While I'm not a mental health professional, as a naturopath and herbalist, I know how deeply our mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health are entwined. We simply cannot separate them. And today in this blog post, in this accompanying podcast version, I would love to share with you a holistic model of healthcare, of mental health care, that I have found to be both personally and clinically useful. It can help simplify the complexity, provide a natural order in what changes and interventions to try, and what I hope are some soothing and reassuring words that you will come out the other side of this. You may even find that you feel stronger and more fortified than before. So let's start with the basics. What is anxiety? So anxiety in and of itself is a normal and healthy human emotion. It's a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. Generalized anxiety disorder, on the other hand, is a medical diagnosis and occurs when the emotion anxiety embeds itself deeply in our nervous system. It's defined as a nervous disorder marked by excessive uneasiness and apprehension, typically with some compulsive behavior or panic attacks. So how do you differentiate from whether you're just experiencing anxiety or have an anxiety disorder? So generalized anxiety disorder needs to be diagnosed by a medical professional. And what they will use is criteria from the DSM-5, which stands for the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders. This is what in the Western medical system is the sort of reference point, if you will, for the diagnosis of uh, mental health conditions. And so it is using this that they will determine a diagnosis. So the diagnostic criteria includes six parts. So number one, you're experiencing excessive anxiety and worrying occurring on most days for at least six months. Two, you find it challenging to control worrying thoughts and calm your mind. Three, your anxiety is accompanied by three or more of the following six symptoms, with some of the symptoms being on most days for at least six months. 
So these six symptoms under number three are restlessness, fatigue and lethargy, difficulty concentrating or focusing or finding that your mind goes blank, easily irritated or experiencing mood swings, experiencing muscle tension and difficulty sleeping, either going to sleep, staying asleep or waking up feeling unrefreshed. Number four, the anxiety, worry and other symptoms are impacting your ability to do life. In other words, they're affecting your ability to function at work, school or your social life. Five, these symptoms are not connected with using a substance, for example, a medication or recreational drug that could cause um, many of these symptoms that I've just mentioned, or another medical condition such as hypothyroidism or chronic pain that could explain this constellation of symptoms as well. And number six, that these symptoms could not be better explained by another mental health diagnosis, such as ADHD, panic disorder, OCD, social phobia, depression, among others. So as you can see, it's a spectrum. And if you're feeling anxious and you're beginning to experience these other constellations of symptoms, you don't need to wait six months to fulfill the criteria of generalized anxiety disorder. I really encourage you to begin now. So a tip, and you will want to go to the blog post for this link, is that there is a very convenient self-assessment tool that you can use. I use it in my clinical practice when determining what kind of referral is required for a client. Um, and it's called the DAS42. There's also a shorter version called the DAS21. But seeing that you're doing this in the comfort of your own home, on your own timeline, it's good to do the longer version. There is a shorter version just to, um, I believe, more for primary medical healthcare settings where um, they can be quite short on time. So it is a primary healthcare assessment tool developed by psychologists that can help you differentiate if the pattern of your symptoms is um, akin to depression, anxiety, or stress. It's a really handy tool also for assessing your progress as you undertake a treatment plan and therapy. I know a lot of people really, when it comes to things like mental health, where a lot of the changes are very subjective or we are unable to remember very clearly where we were. So having something objective like this can be really, really useful. Uh, so it's definitely not a diagnostic tool in itself, but it definitely can um, be really helpful for you to then take those results and then talk to your healthcare provider. So I really want to uh, explain the rest of this post as developing your mental health recipe. I always love a good food metaphor and the cra crafting a holistic mental health plan can be done with a little bit of ingredient know-how. I encourage you to start small and go gently. Tiny changes can lead to significant shifts. And often if you are in the clutches of your mental health being in you know, a really intense state or if you feel like you're really hitting rock bottom, the last thing you want to do is to overwhelm yourself with all these things to do. You want to take it slow. 
So this is where I have found the ALPS model, which is the was developed by Dr. Jerome Saris, who is a naturopath and mental health researcher. And it is a really useful way for um, organizing what steps to take when creating a treatment plan. And you can absolutely do a version of this for yourself and seek the help you need to be able to uh, consult on what ingredients would be best for you. So ALPS is an acronym, A-L-P-S. So A stands for antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication. And in this category, being a herbalist, we can also include our herbs. L is lifestyle change. And under this umbrella, we have exercise, sleep, nourishment. P stands for psychology or counseling. S is social support. So let's go in and take a deeper look at each of these components. So let's start with A, our antidepressant, anti-anxiety medication or herbs. So some folks are really surprised when they learn that I advocate uh, for medication as a naturopath and herbalist. Even though these are my professional titles, I very much see myself more as a holistic healthcare practitioner. All options of therapy, therapeutic intervention that could be beneficial for somebody are always to be considered and understood. The therapeutic hierarchy, which is a diagram that is in the blog post you may want to have a look at, is what I use to guide my sequencing. So this starts from, you know, the really gentle interventions of rest and nourishment and really supporting the body's own healing processes. And then it begins to progress to, you know, specific herbs or specific nutrients and then into medication um, and other medical interventions. So starting gentle and working up the hierarchy until relief is experienced is the way that I like to approach this. And I have seen time and time again when we have done all the gentle interventions, but it really took getting to the medication to really make a big difference. And another thing, a lot of the time with the gentle interventions and making lifestyle change, you know, trying to get the sleep into, you know, it's very difficult to build strong mental health if you are simply unable to get to sleep. Uh, if you're still experiencing panic attacks, if you are unable to meditate because your brain is just going berserko on you, um, or it's very difficult to eat because your appetite has become so irregular, sometimes medication can help you then drop into yourself, drop into your body, and be able to then go back to do those basic things, strengthen those pillars, and then maybe you know, in a couple of months time, you may be able to reassess um, the use of that medication and maybe its job in helping you has, has been done. Um, so that's a very personal decision, but I really encourage you to explore all avenues that could help you. But let's look at some of nature's anti-anxiety medications, oh sorry, botanicals rather, because they are so beautiful and they can be so potent. Uh, so you may like to consider working with a herb or a couple of herbs for a month alongside these other steps that I'm going to be um, sharing with you. And if you'd like to go scientific method Marie Curie on it, then complete a DAS42 at the beginning. Make a note of your score in your diary or journal. And then at the month, 
after the, you know, the end of the month of having worked with your botanicals, retake it and see if you're headed in the right direction. So let me introduce you to four of my favorite soothing herbal friends. So the first is St. John's wort, uh, Latin name Hypericum perforatum. And this plant has got a lot of attention in the domain of depression, but it's also excellent for anxiety and insomnia. If you have a combination of both anxiety and depression, it's worth considering. This plant blooms around the summer solstice and its disposition is strengthening to the entire nervous system. There's also extensive research on this herb in, herb in the realm of mental health and we understand a lot of how it um, works in the body. So while St. John's wort is very safe when taken alone, it's not suitable to be taken alongside other antidepressant and anti-anxiety medications, specifically SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. They are probably one of the most common classes of antidepressant, anti-anxiety medications um, because it can have an additive effect. Uh, but it does have a good safety profile in both pregnancy and breastfeeding. So for the perinatal and postnatal um, period, it can be considered for that as well. Chamomile, uh, Matricaria recutita, recutita. I always have trouble saying that Latin. It's a real tongue tire. Um, but it is German chamomile and it is so humble and it is one that's often overlooked and underestimated but if your anxiety is manifesting uh, as irritability insomnia or digestive upsets then really i recommend welcoming chamomile into your teapot it is safe to use during pregnancy and breastfeeding and it's amazing how a good cup of strongly brewed chamomile tea can really settle your whole nervous system down our third herb tulsi Ossinum sanctum. There is always so much to say about this plant, and I have written about it in other blog posts in more depth. Uh, Tulsi, also known as sacred basil or holy basil, lifts the spirits, it fortifies the nervous system and adrenals in the face of stress, and it helps us to connect with our heart and settle the mind. It's a favorite among meditators or anybody who's following a sort of more spiritually guided life. Um, it is comes to us from India and it's considered very sacred and holy over there, hence the names that they give it. And it's my favorite plant to use alongside many pharmaceutical anti-anxiety medications because it does have a low interaction profile and it is very helpful for those wishing to transition off medication. Um, so it can be used in a treatment in its own right, but it can be also used as a complementary medicine. So we have limited safety data for pregnancy and breastfeeding, hence it's not recommended. Um, we just don't have enough details there. And our fourth herb, lemon balm, Melissa officinalis. It is such a beauty for when stress ties us up into tangled knots and when doom and gloom really begins to set in. It's a plant that reminds us not to take ourselves or life too seriously. And drinking a strong cup of lemon balm tea, even better if you have access to it fresh, it is, um, it's a mint. So if you have success growing any mint in your garden, it's likely that lemon balm will do really well as well. Uh, is a feeling of opening a window in a dark room to bring in the crisp 
air and warm sun. It will lift your mood, settle your stomach and possesses a host of antiviral qualities as well. So if you're someone whose signs of stress are being run down are cold sores, mood swings, digestive upsets, or catching colds or flus going around, then Melissa could be the plant for you and it is safe to take during pregnancy and breastfeeding. So the all of these can be, apart from the St. John's Wort, make really lovely teas and the St. John's Wort is best to take as a tincture or a tablet as the taste of it is not that pleasant for a tea. L. So let's talk about our second area of the Alps model, lifestyle and nourishment. So this is a super, super broad category. So it is really essential not to get overwhelmed by all the things you can do or listicles you may find on Instagram or Pinterest. But in the spirit of simplicity, here are a couple of suggestions of tried and true habits that can have significant impacts. So get yourself a really good quality B vitamin complex and magnesium. It's not new knowledge that nutrition can profoundly impact brain function and mental health. And while there are many useful nutrients um, for mental health, this is a really good um, entry duo. And I really believe it's the most effective place to begin um, because it also is you know, these nutrients are so involved in the creation of the calming brain chemicals and they are also depleted by stress. <clears throat> music, music therapy is powerful. We have a lot of evidence. I mean, we don't need evidence to know that music can make us feel good, but it is really interesting that we've got lots of studies just showing how powerful it can be with mood alteration. So I would recommend spend some time gathering together a playlist of songs on your music app of choice that just makes you feel happy and grounded and calm and see it as a sort of your, a trick in your medicine cabinet. You can pull on that playlist when you need a lift. Now, this is a more of a technique than a lifestyle change. So this is grounding panic attacks with the 54321 technique. So if you are experiencing panic attacks alongside your anxiety, learning this grounding technique is a powerful mindfulness practice and it can help you drop back into your body um, you know, quite quickly if you're in the middle of a panic. It feels like sending roots down into the ground, um, so it really does just anchor you back into the earth. So first, what you want to do is take a moment to become mindful of your breath and taking a few deep breaths, allowing everything to slow down. And then once you have taken two or three nice big belly breaths, then you want to direct your awareness to your surrounds. And you want to give yourself the challenge of looking for five things that you can see. That can be noticing the color of the wall in the room you're in. It could be if you're outside looking at the objects, if there's any trees, cars, um, urban or rural settings, just name what you can see. What items are in the room? If you are lost, just gaze at the lines on the inside of your hands. And once you've named your five, then you want to become aware of four things you can touch. So that could be the fabric of the clothes you're wearing, feeling the solid ground beneath your feet. If there are any objects around you, just picking them up and noting to yourself what their textures are. 
Once you've done that, then acknowledge three things that you can hear. If that's distant traffic, voices in another room, or it could just be the silence between these sounds. And then after that, we want to notice two things you can smell. And if you can't smell anything, um, just try to sense the gentle fragrance of the air around you. Or something that you might like to do if panic attacks are quite common is just keeping a small bottle of an essential oil in your handbag that you find calming. Peppermint and lavender are really lovely for this. And engaging the olfactory, the um, olfactory is just the name of the, the nerve that innervates the nose. Uh, it, that in itself is very grounding. And then we want to engage taste. So just ask yourself, what does what can you pick up? Um, at the moment in terms of taste is there any lingering suggestion of what you just ate or drank or um, like with the fragrance you may like to keep a small snack in your bag that you can taste when you're having a panic um, a lot of psychologists recommend just keeping a small amount of chocolate you may even just you know a breath mint can be useful um, just to be able to engage that sense. And by the end of that, you've engaged all your senses in your surrounds. And when we are grounded in our surrounds, it's much more difficult for anxiety to, to call the shots on our nervous system. And then this really dovetails into meditation and mindfulness. Ah, developing a meditation practice is one of the most powerful habits to adopt for rewiring your brain for peace. And there are so many apps out there that make this so easy to begin these days. I particularly love Insight Timer. I have used this app for years, um, but I have heard that Headspace and Calm app are also excellent. And you can just browse through thousands of meditations and load learn from some incredible teachers. So I recommend some of my favorites are Tara Brack. She has a 40-day meditation intro with Jack Cornfield. And I love her approach in that she blends um, psychology with Buddhism. Sarah Blunden has a beautiful poetic way of running her meditations. And she has a beautiful podcast called Live Awake. And the Wong Janice, who has been more of a recent find of mind, um, but she does the most incredible cello. She's a cellist uh, and um, creates these beautiful soundscapes with cello, deep cello, she calls it. Uh, and so she's got some, she's got a 10 day course on there too. Movement. So exercise is equally, if not more effective than many mood stabilizing medications. It will flood your body with endorphins, which are feel-good brain chemicals. It will give your serotonin a boost and helps with sleep. So find something you love and start oh so small. This is, you'll hear me keep saying this over and over again, small really is powerful. Uh, so some suggestions to get started. You could just start with dancing to one song and then next week dance to two songs each day if you're feeling it. Start, if you're wanting to walk more, just start with walking around your block. And then the next week, you may want to add in a few little one-minute jogs in and start building on that. Or take a 10-minute yoga class on YouTube and next week look for a 15-minute practice. 
And my final suggestion with lifestyle is nature. Nature is such a potent anti-anxiety therapeutic for me personally. An afternoon coast walk followed by an Epsom salts bath uh, is enough to turn a week of insomnia into a restful night's sleep for me. So this is just a gentle reminder. If you have greenery where you live, um, how can you get yourself out to that? Can you meet up with a friend and go for a walk in it, which would be even better? P, psychology or counselling. So there are so many options for mental health support available these days. And if you work for a company or attend university, look into what mental health support services you may have access to. Um, A lot of companies and universities will have programs and uh, you may may not even know that you can access those for free or at a discounted rate. Receiving a referral for a wonderful psychologist, therapist or counsellor who works locally and is aligned to your values is invaluable. I also have had an excellent experience and have referred many others, um, all with happy experiences to online therapy. In our pandemic times, it's not always possible to see therapists face to face. So why not take advantage of services that have perfected the online model of delivery for years? The service that I um, recommend is Talkspace. It's a, um, they have three different levels of care from uh, face-to-face sessions to you know, five-day-a-week um, voice or text support, which is incredibly, for something so small, can be incredibly powerful. Um, so you have access to them from Monday to Friday, and they only hire licensed professionals Uh, And they have a really impressive onboarding and clinical assessment process uh, to match you up with a therapist that would be a good fit. And it's literally like having a therapist in your pocket. So if that intrigues you, uh, I have a referral link in the blog post that will give you $200 US off your first month of therapy um, for the beginning Uh, tier it's $260 so you could pay $60 for a whole month of therapeutic support Um, so it is if that's something that interests you please do make sure uh, you grab that link and if that is not available to you financially then journaling is essentially a free very useful therapeutic tool morning pages by julia cameron is my favorite technique Um, I have a link there in the blog with a really great intro on that. And then our final component of our recipe is S, social support. So if you're experiencing social isolation or if you're an extrovert that's finding our pandemic world a torture chamber of social deprivation, then focus on the ways you can connect with people you love safely and make this a part of your weekly schedule. Um, There are so many ways to do this in the blog. I've listed a few of my favorites, including walking with a friend in the park, out in nature, Zoom trivia nights. Um, Just simply putting in your diary a couple of evenings a week that you have a rotating roster of friends and family members that you connect with. Um, But I am sure that you have your own favorite ways of connecting. So basically, I'm just reminding you to do not deprioritize that. Keep that as a strong part of your routine. 
And on a final note, it's, you know, when it comes to anxiety, it's about allowing a new order to emerge. In healing, chaos is seen to be, uh, seen to always bring an opportunity for a new possibility. It's a great rearranger whose pressure will show what parts of our lives need strengthening and redesigning. And anxiety is a very real physiological experience that can feel scary, exhausting, and out of control. So I really invite you to see this anxiety as an invitation to shift into a new mode of being, deepen compassion for yourself and for those who are also struggling, and discover new ways to tend to yourself. Remember to start small, seek help, and trust that you will find a way. Thank you so much for listening along to today's show. If you'd like to learn more about me, the resources I create, and the work I do as a naturopath, herbalist, and fertility awareness educator, head over to clarabailey.com or you can find me over at Instagram at clarabailey_dumble_ I hope you have a glorious day.